late season, were you still around on the bases? Were you still doing the practices to take you to a fruitful harvest? That's what we're talking about today with Lee Lubers. Welcome to Extreme Ag's Cutting the Curve podcast, where we cut your learning curve with insights you can apply immediately to your farming operation. This episode is presented by Loveland Products. When it comes to crop inputs, you need products that are field proven to deliver both results and value. For more than 50 years, Loveland Products has been providing farmers with high-performance, value-driven product solutions designed to maximize productivity on every acre. Visit lovelandproducts.com to see how their innovative products can help you farm more profitably. And now, here's your host, Damian Mason. So I got Lee Lubers here. We're talking about uh, even in a drought year, you've got to round the basis. In this episode of Extreme Ash Cutting the Curve, thanks for being here. You know, he's basically the guy that keeps saying round the basis, round the basis. We've done a number of recordings. He talks about something he's doing late season. Well, in 2023 in Gregory, South Dakota, where Mr. Lubers farms, it's some pretty tough conditions all the time. They can have very bad winters, blizzards, and they can also have some pretty dry and hot summers. This was one of those summers. In fact, it wasn't the first one. He's lived through a few of them. And he said, Damien, I'll tell you what 2023 taught me. 2023 taught me that even in a drought year, you got to keep rounding the bases. You got to keep doing the things to put it, put it out there and, and don't give up on it because you can still have a fruitful harvest. So right now you're in harvest. We're recording this mid-October and you're saying, yep, I did it. I pulled it off, even though it looked like it was going to get kind of, it was going to get a little, little tight. Tell me what happened. Um, this year, uh, we started out uh, very dry uh, and uh, terribly dry. Then we got one rain. We planted our crop, and then things are starting to get stressed again. We got one more rain. It's just kind of been like that. Uh, on our soybeans, we called them chameleon beans. They kept changing color with the environment. They'd be green. They'd be silver. They'd be blah. Uh, they just kept changing. Throughout. Whenever we we get a rain, they'd pep up, and they'd wilt again get another rain uh this year just reinforced with us that rounding the basis pays that we don't we don't want to give up on our crop and we saw that across the board on our wheat and our corn and our soybeans this year i was at the ag phd field day and uh the hefty brothers were on a panel and i believe it was darren hefty said that he thinks the number one sin or maybe most common mistake, maybe not calling it a sin, is guys give up on a crop. Oh, it's never going to rain. You know what? This is a lost cause. Uh, all I'm doing is throwing good money after bad. He said that at that, and it was it was in South Dakota, and it was blistering hot. It was 95 degrees, and you were experiencing that, and then some. Is that an accurate statement? It's one of the most common mistakes or uh, the, most, the, the most common sin uh, among farmers that they just decide, you know what? There's no reason to do this. It's done. Uh, absolutely. Uh, too many times I've seen people give up in their crops. They've gave up way too early. Uh, our crop's going to give up before we do on it. And it doesn't mean we're throwing the kitchen sink at it. That's yeah. not it. It's part of our program. How we're doing everything from stress mitigation throughout the season uh, setting the stage from when we plant in furrows and PGRs, our fertility program from in furrow and in the season, all those things are built into what we're doing to keep around in the bases to mitigate stress and keep yields up as high as we can. 
And it really became evident in our environment this year in about September. Over Labor Day weekend, we got our second blast of heat. It was 100 to 110, 20 to 35 mile an hour winds for like three, four days. It's like a convection yeah. oven. That's a 100, 100 plus degrees in September. There's zero humidity and, and there's a 20 mile an hour wind blowing. That's a convection effect. Yeah, it, the wind blew at night. It did not let up. And it was brutal. And uh, that's when you really started seeing the differences of your crop giving up. It was not, uh, there's a big difference between physiological maturity and premature death. And sometimes there's things we can do nothing to avoid that. Right. You know, when you get no rain, guess what? You're not going to have a crop. But if we have something to work with, our goal is to get it to physiological maturity. And we started seeing that around Labor Day. Uh, fields that we farm right beside, we'd be planting at the same time, sometimes even looking at each other. And neighboring fields would be, the ears on green plants would just turn white and just fall over. Uh, our ears were staying erect. Our plants were still green. It was amazing uh, how it held in there. Uh, that one day I was uh, took my kids to the dentist uh, after school, and we're coming back by where we have a half section of corn on one side of the highway and the neighbors in the other. And we we're both planting at the same time. Both I, we planted hundred day hybrid. I know that's usually what he plants is hundred day. And on his side of the road, all the ears were totally flipped over in white. And on our side, it was amazing how good it looked at 111. Uh, that, uh, that corn, it suffered uh, from premature death. Uh, we, kept the ball rolling, not giving up on our crop from the things we did earlier in the season, set the stage so we could hold in longer. We achieved physiological maturity. And I would say <clears throat> we're probably going to make double what it does across the road. And we see numerous instances of that this year because we did, we did not give up on our crop throughout the season. We set things up so it could handle the stresses more. We yeah. didn't know what, when they were, when they were going to happen. Yeah, but we pretty much know they're gonna happen. Mm -hmm. By the way, there's many people think you're competitive, and you talk about what's going on across the road. It's not that; it's just so much that it gives you a very good comparative, uh, comparative example of what if you didn't do these things might happen. That's what you're talking about, right? It it, it reinforced. Uh, uh, my brother and I, we drove around and. And just when, as we're checking crops, walking into fields, and it just reinforced what we've been doing, what we've been working for, what we've been uh, over all these years as a program, as a systems approach, that yes, it's paying. And we see the benefit in, in years when it's wetter. Uh, we always see that. We always will see the good yields. But when we get hit by really bad stress, then it's the real big payoff. Yeah. So let's just talk about what practices. Did you change anything in 2023 from a prior year? Did you add a new product, change up a practice to make any adjustments from the year prior? Is there anything new? Uh, on part of our corn acres, we uh, we looked more, as we talked about in our group, rounding the basis. And uh, we looked more, uh, you know, on our corn. We've been, you know, by the time it tassels, okay, we're West River, South Dakota. Let's not worry about it. Well, we got more proactive. We took part of our acres and we came up with some ideas 
to try to help mitigate stress during grain field time. And uh, we actually brought in a plane and we did that with uh, uh, three different products in the tank. And we're seeing a real good payoff on that. And in our area, we've done regular fungicide trials throughout the years when you say the, the third quarter of a corn plant. And we was not getting the payoff. But now that we came up with some different ideas by getting ideas from other members in our group uh, that, are, that we work with, we started trying different things, a different mindset and focused on that. And we're seeing a definite payoff on those corn acres. Right, right. So here's the thing about rounding the bases. Uh, when you, you talk about it and not giving up on a, on a crop, there's times when you do, right? There's times when you, even you throw in the towel, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. How do you, how do you know? You think the other people do it prematurely. They're looking over at you and saying, well, you should have done it sooner. Cause there's going to be times when you kept going and you said the crop gave out before you. And then you did toss a little bit of bad, not bad money. You just, you spent where it didn't give you a, a return. How do you know? Uh, well, like uh, this year in our corn, uh, yeah, everybody's corn got hurt late, but we kept it going longer functioning. Yep. So we bought enough time. So we still got a yield impact off of it. Uh, if you didn't do those earlier steps, it gave up the ghost early. And yeah, there's a penalty to that. Yeah, so we're not going to catch up. Yeah, exactly. It, it's it's always that proactive mindset. Mm. And uh, uh, even on soybeans this year, uh, you know, in our area was uh, spray herbicides and that was it. Well, we were out with R1 and we were doing R3 passes even. Well, we get even 70 hundreds of rain, we go out and do an R3 pass. And we'd see the stimulation and the boost from that. Uh, we had plans in place to do probably an R, do an R5 pass on probably 1,500, 2,000 acres of soybeans. Well, guess what? At that time, it's 100 plus degrees. We're totally out of moisture. No, we, we, we still have the products in the shed. We'll carry them over to next year. There was no use of throwing that money out there that was wasting money yep. so uh sometimes mother nature is going to throw you the wild card we're like hey we can't do this all right i want to ask you about what you're going to adjust for 2024 before i do that i want to ask you dear listeners are you ready to stand up to weather-induced crop stress all right we just heard about 100 plus degrees two different times of the summer and there's lee out there still rounding the basis do you want to round the basis why don't you use a product called Terramars, an innovative biostimulant technology from Loveland Products designed to help your corn and soybean crops thrive even under stressful conditions. The company's name is Loveland Products. The product called Terramar is to reduce stress on your plants during stressful weather problems. Try Terramars exclusively available from Nutrient Ag Solutions. What are you going to change in 2024? You know, is there anything that you're like, hey, we did this and found out this should be how we do things from now on. Is there anything like that about rounding the basis that you're like, yep, we're going to do this toward the end. We're going to do this at the end next year across every acre. Anything like that? Uh, we're going to expand on our wheat. Well, for our 2024 wheat crop, we just got done planting yesterday. And our earliest acres, our wheat on wheat acres are up. Uh, we had them sprayed just before the rain. Uh, yes, we have two sprayers. 
uh, but we were busy uh, combining soybeans and finishing seeding and trying to beat this rain, get as much done as we could. So we had it custom applied. Uh, we, we knew if we were proactive and got it on uh, when we needed to on the wheat uh, in that first quarter on the wheat, because we had enough growth, we had it in early. Now, what did you put on? What, what did you have custom applied on the wheat? Uh, we, we actually did some uh, herbicide. We did uh, on some coaxium wheat. Uh, we applied uh, aggressor, but we actually incorporated in insecticide and fungicide. We incorporated in some different products into it because we knew we're setting the stage up for it to go into dormancy in a better better position. This was stuff you just did like two weeks ago. One week. uh, we days ago, two days, two ago. days ago, and we and we had it custom applied because we knew <clears throat> even though we have two sprayers, it's like uh, we're better to hire it done and get it done at the right time uh, because we knew this storm was going to be pretty big. You know, probably three plus inches of rain. We wanted to have it on, so we're uh, we're being more proactive on that first quarter of the wheat. You know, going to fall. Uh, uh, expanding upon that and then for 24 we will be looking expanding our trials and our acres on uh, getting into that third quarter on corn which is unheard of in our area uh, we're gonna we're gonna keep pushing past into reproductive timing and soybeans into the fourth quarter we're going all the way next year we're gonna get some rain in August we're gonna go all the way through our five mm -hmm. okay so the 2024 adjustments you made is you're starting off with this fall's crop, this fall's planting of wheat, which just happened a couple of days ago here in early October to mid-October, uh, with a, a herbicide. Because what, fall annuals? Is that what we're worried about? Uh, we, uh, you, we had the option on this herbicide, we could do it in the fall or wait till spring. Uh Common practice is people will wait till spring, go, oh, it's the fall. Why would we worry about this? Right. We do not want that unwanted competition for fertility, moisture. Go, uh, here's a good analogy I just thought of last night. Uh, when bears go into hibernation, do they go into a diet? Absolutely not. Why do you want your wheat to be on a diet going into, into dormancy? Oh my, see, this is why we have him on, ladies and gentlemen. This is why we have him on. Yes, the bears are out there eating just the fatty part of the salmon, not even the whole thing to get the fat reserves so they can go in hibernation. So you want your wheat to go in fat to hibernate. I like it. Okay, so that's one change you're making. And then you're going to take it, you're going to push it further on the soybeans. You didn't this year because you had zero. I find it funny you even talk about one hundredths of percent of, of a precipitation, uh, you're going to take your soybeans to the very bitter end in 24. Yeah, we're going all four quarters if we get normal moisture. What will we, the, what will the four what will the fourth quarter treatment on the beans look like? Uh, we will do some foliar nutrition. We will do some PGRs, which we have a lot of experience with, and uh, and we will also focus on mitigating stress minimize that plant stress which is hard to do when it's the fourth quarter on soybeans where you are because it's usually been pretty hot and dry all right any other adjustments that you're going to make for 2024 based on what you saw from the combine seat in 2023 
Uh, we're just going to keep tweaking our program, improving upon what we've been building on, and uh, we feel it's the right steps to take. Same number of products, same number of trips across the field on corn, and wheat got changed from the from the at the time of planting. Soybeans are going to get changed in quarter in the in the in the fourth quarter of the ball game. Anything else? Anything changing on corn? Uh, corn, we're going to look more in that third quarter uh because we've done other trials with just regular fungicide we could not get yield response but now that we're getting into uh working in other other categories of products uh we're kind of getting into very defined foliar nutrition and stress mitigation uh that's tailored more for that time and we're seeing some good results so we're going to expand acres on that and uh We've been using the same philosophy on wheat. We've been trying to figure out the moving pieces and the components on corn and soybeans. And now we're starting to find, figure out some of those. It just takes time. But the only way it's going to happen is if we keep trying. I like it. I think that's enough to get us out of here. We're talking about round the bases, even in a drought year, you just heard it on wheat. He's going out there preemptively at time of planting and putting on, oh, it was a fertilizer, it was a herbicide, and then was there a fungicide also at time of planting for wheat? Uh, fungicide early, insecticide, yep. Mm -hmm. Everything. And then you heard about his soybeans, you heard about his corn. Anyway, we love having him on here. He's Lee Lubers, Gregor, South Dakota, one of Extreme Ag's original founders. Uh, he's always got great information. I'd say if you're ever in his part of the world, look him up, but... Almost nobody's ever in this part of the world. It's a uh, it's a place you got you got to be wanting to go there when you go there. Till next time, thanks for being here, Lee. Till next time, remember share this with somebody that can benefit from it. We have amazing amounts of information on these videos. These guys shoot videos out in the field, in their shops, in their office, and then on all these episodes when I'm with them in the field or at an event or on the in the studio, just like today right here. Hundreds and hundreds of videos you can use to up your farming game. If you want to take it to the next level, consider becoming an Extreme Ag member. Seven hundred and fifty bucks a year, you get direct access to the guys. You'll get. Privy to better inform, uh, not better, even more information than you can already get for free. So, 750 bucks a year become an Extreme Ag member. You can do all this at extremeag.farm. Till next time, thanks for being here. I'm Damian Mason. That's a wrap for this episode of Extreme Ag's Cutting the Curve. But there is plenty more available by visiting extremeag.farm. For over 50 years, farmers have turned to the proven lineup of crop inputs offered by Loveland Products from seed treatments, plant nutrition, adjuvant, and crop protection products. Loveland has the complete lineup to keep your farming operation productive and most importantly, profitable. Check out lovelandproducts.com to learn more.